Welcome to Well Worn Pod, the podcast that explores the joy in second hand. I'm your host, Hannah Heading. Thanks for joining us. Hello, lovely listener. Welcome back to Well Worn Pod, and thank you for joining me for our final episode of season one. To round out our first season, I couldn't think of anyone better to join me or anyone more qualified to talk all things secondhand than the delightful Faye Delante. Faye really needs no introduction, but on the slight chance that you're not already following her, Faye is the eco-stylist for Salvo's stores, and she has lent her skills to some incredible initiatives, including creating the very special Salvo's Boutiques. Faye hosts a weekly wardrobe workout series on her Instagram where she is joined by a guest and they challenge themselves to get creative with what they already own. Faye is really leading the charge when it comes to inspiring and educating people far and wide that secondhand really does not mean second best. Faye, thank you so much for being a guest on the show today. To kick us off, could you introduce yourself? Tell us a little more about who you are and what you do. Thank you so much for having me. I think this podcast is so great and you are doing an incredible job. So I'm thrilled to be here. Um, As you say, I am an eco-stylist for Salvo Stores, but I'm also very keen on storytelling. So Mm. through my wardrobe workout, I explore different avenues of fashion history and different genres and different, you know, trends and icons in music and style. And each week we have a guest and it's just been such an amazing journey Mm. to tap into the more cerebral side of fashion. Um, and it's just been remarkable how it's kind of panned out. You know, I've met people from all over the world and it's definitely something that I want to expand and I've just been sort of musing on what that might be. But, um, but yeah, definitely a storyteller mm. and definitely really honoured to be the eco-stylist for Salvo stores, which is quite a layered job. It's not really just about kind of making pretty outfits you know there's lots of lots of detail to it and it can be everything from training the staff to uh pre-covid events Mm -hmm. and you know um initiatives that we would do in different locations in different cities um there's a lot of digital component to it so I'm never bored Mm. and it's it's a real honor to to do what I do I think storyteller is a really beautiful way to sum up what it is that you do Faye, often on Instagram, I see you referring to your beautiful mum as a source of inspiration and maybe a place where this love for secondhand initially originated. I'd love to know what your earliest memory of shopping secondhand is. I think I came out of shopping, honestly, because (laughs) my parents, from a really young age, I was in thrift stores, Mm. I was in antique stores. We were at boot fairs, we were at markets. My parents just really have that in their DNA. Mm. And you're, you're quite right about my mum. She she grew up, you know, with very little. She was born in England, as I was, but she really didn't have a lot growing up. And she, mm. has, she now, because of that, has this innate ability to find something 
something that's, you know, so, so cheap and so insignificant and she will make it look like it's from Vogue. Mm. She's extraordinary. And she kind of comes at it more from an interiors and a gardening perspective. Mm -hmm. The fashion thing I think came from my dad, but also just, I don't know, just came from me, I guess. Um, But I grew up with, instead of kind of reading fairy tale books, I would actually read Vogue Mm. because we would have Vogue magazine and Face magazine and ID and all those cool mags back then. And I didn't even really know what I was reading, but I knew that I was just so drawn to the photos and the styling and the colour and the words and it was just, it just seemed so magical to me. So I remember being really little and, you know, my dad and mum would take me thrifting and take me antiquing and we would be looking for things for the house and then we would come home and I would see my mum just remaster them. And I think it just all got in by osmosis, you know, and I never really consciously knew that I knew that. It's just, it just sort of unfolded instinctively and it's been pretty cool to see that and I really did kind of have to sort of cast my mind back and go, where did this come from? Mm. And as you say, Hannah, it's definitely from my parents and definitely from my mum. Yeah, they're pretty cool kids. Amazing. Has your love for op shopping changed and evolved over time or just shopping secondhand more generally? You've done it since you were a little tacker. How (laughs) has that love changed and, and why do you still enjoy this secondhand world so much? I think for a long time for me it was playtime yeah and it was never really a necessity or something that was my job it was just this great escapism and and it still absolutely is that for me but when I moved overseas after my first job I worked on um, a kid show for 10 years called Totally Wild and then once I finished that I went overseas went back to England to see where I was from and and really just wanted to kind of take a break and yeah. be a young girl and explore the world because mm-hmm. I've been working since I was 15. So I didn't have a lot of money and I started to thrift because I had to. Yeah. And I think all the things that I'd been doing with my parents over the years, it just sort of kicked in. And it was funny at the time because I was living with my best friend and she is quite wealthy and she's done well for herself. And so she was always decked out in the designer mm-hmm. and I would be decked out in the $10 charity shop finds. <laughs> yeah. But to her, to her credit, she would tell everyone at the party or the pub or wherever we'd go, look at my best friend. She's wearing charity shop. It costs 10 bucks. Isn't she amazing? And so she's sort of really kind of pushed me to do it. And then mm-hmm. I could see that it could not only help me, but that I could help other people. Mm. So the love for it has really deepened because it's awakened me to the deeper meaning and the purpose of it. Mm. It's not just playtime anymore. It still feels very playtime, but there's such beautiful purpose to it now. So I'm even more obsessed. Mm. (laughs) Could you speak to what that purpose is for you? What resonates so deeply in, in your love for this whole world and and specifically with your work with the Salvos, what draws you to that role? Being of service. And I think I, I read a book years ago before I kind of unintentionally started to merge into this role. It was a Deepak Chopra book and, and he said, always ask yourself, how may I serve? Mm. And when I read that, it just blew my head apart. Mm. I was like, wow, 
how do I serve? Am I serving? Like Mm. it just made me rethink everything I was doing. And for so long, I was telling stories about animals and the environment. So that was such a joy. But even when I was doing that, people would refer to me as the fashion girl. Mm. My nickname was, I like to shop a lotus. And and now it's become, I like to op shop a lotus. Mm -hmm. But I think even back then people could see that the stories that I really should be telling or wanted to tell was within fashion, Mm -hmm. but fashion with a backbone and fashion that really had a purpose. So as I was kind of taking that journey myself overseas and thrifting because I had to and creating these outfits and seeing the reaction that that was getting, I was tapped in very quickly to the power of how that could help. And so it just really ignited something in me. And so as I was sort of traveling down that knowing, but not quite knowing what that that was yet, Mm -hmm. I just kept going back to this concept of how can I be of service? How can I help? How can I help people? How can I help me, but how can I help people? Mm -hmm. And so I think because of my media background, I started to tap into, well, how could I tell some important stories in the media? How could I help a charity? And so that's sort of how it started to evolve. And I I have always shopped at the Salvos, so mm. it wasn't anything new for me. Yeah. So then I could see this unique opportunity where I could use my skills and my ability and my passion to be of service. And so that's sort of how it kind of formed. And I think that's what just ignites me so much is that little light bulb that might go on for somebody, whether it be a fellow thrifter who, you know, goes into a store for the first time and finds this great piece and, or it could be, you know, on the real frontline level, seeing what that money, what those clothes do for people who are in need. And we're talking about people who, you know, are going through some really tough things like Mm -hmm. drug and alcohol addiction and homelessness Mm -hmm. and domestic violence. So for me, this is fashion that really has such a deeper meaning and that just, it just sets my heart on fire. Mm. That's really incredible to find work at a place where your passion intersects with something that's really purposeful and has deep and profound meaning. That's yeah, really, it's beautiful, really exciting. isn't it? And yeah. I feel really blessed that that's where it's got to. And, mm-hmm. and it's not something that I kind of woke up one day and went, I'm going to be of service, you know, like it was just sort of this thing that I think just instinctively kind of built out of me just from my experiences and the things that I've been through and, you know, just seeing my parents being, you know, just kind of connected to that. And yeah, and it just, I think from meditation too, it just really showed me that, you know, there's so much more to it than just thinking about ourselves. I love you know, that. We're here, we're here to help. So yeah, absolutely. Through your work and through your role, you're uniquely positioned because you get to, like you said, do the fun side where it's the dress up and the playfulness, but you also get that insight to how the Salvos has a significant impact and helps people who are in serious need, which Mm. is such an incredible thing. Um, One of the initiatives that is I guess a little more recent and becoming more widespread are the Salvos boutiques. Can you tell me where that idea came from and um, and what that looks like now? Absolutely. I'm so proud of the boutiques and, and how they've evolved. And it really came out of when I first started working for the Salvos, 
I would see all these great clothes and I would see them hidden on the racks or, you know, kind of looking pretty shonky. Mm -hmm. They needed a good press, but I could see, I could see the beauty in them. And I think that's going back to my mom. That's something that my mom always taught me was to see the beautiful, find the beauty in the broken and Mm -hmm. see the possibility in the things that have been discarded and, you know, have faith in them, believe in the underdogs. So I could see all these great clothes and I could see that we just weren't honoring them as much as we should. Mm -hmm. And I don't know where that kind of marketing side comes from. I think it's probably my dad. Um, But I could see that we could leverage this more and we could make more money, which would mean more money for mission, which means more money to help people. Mm -hmm. So I'd been overseas and I'd seen you know, some of the great vintage stores over there and some of the great markets and the way things had been styled. And I think growing up with parents who were very focused on that, very visual creatures yeah. and very much into fashion and aesthetics and all those things, I just instinctively knew that we could do better. And yeah. so I just kind of put forward the idea to my boss at the time and I said, can I have a section of our store? Can I make it look like a boutique? And can we see what happens? Mm. And he was like, oh, um, yeah, all right, let's give it a go. And we gave it a go and it just went nuts. Mm. And he's like, right, do you want to do some more? And I'm like, (laughs) sure. So we just kept building them. And now we have close to 40 boutiques around Australia. Uh, Once all this crazy upside down world COVID stuff hopefully eventually Mm. ends, Mm -hmm. uh, we will definitely reignite it and open more. But it's really an opportunity to offer a different experience and to yeah. not take away from that grassroots thrifting experience because mm-hmm. we all love that. We all love a bargain, but totally. we also have to remember that we still have necessity shoppers. Not everybody's thrifting because it's fun. A lot of people are thrifting because they need to. So we, we don't want to take away from that experience. Mm-hmm. So this is just really a store within a store that looks a little more elevated. The prices are still super reasonable, but it's curated. It's easier to shop. The racks are not fully stocked so you don't break your arms. There's still great stuff in there and an abundance of stuff, but it's just a more seamless and more um, easy to navigate experience. So it's good for people who've never thrifted before Mm -hmm. either. Mm -hmm. And the other kind of level of that from my perspective is to shift perception is to change what people think of thrifting and what they think of secondhand oh it's for old people it's gross it's dirty it's uncool Uh -uh. let's make it beautiful and let's you know let's prove you wrong so it's been incredible to see how it's been um appreciated and accepted yeah i mean i think going on 18 months ago now it made over a million dollars collectively the boutiques for the salvation army for the for the mission so it's huge, you know, yeah. and it's just for me proof that there is so much power in making things pretty. You know, we're 100%. all visual, yeah, and and it really can be a shapeshifter. So yeah. yeah, it's been pretty cool to see it unfold. That's something to get really excited about and to be so proud of. I think it does such a great job of subverting people's expectations of what they'll find in an op shop. And I know that for friends of mine who love the idea of shopping secondhand but who feel like they can never find anything, the Salvos Boutiques are the first place that I point them because it's the store within the store, right? You do get to have both experiences in one. It's this beautiful curated, oftentimes full of vintage treasures type of shop, but then you have all of the other treasures in the op shop waiting for you to explore as well. It's so much fun. 
That's right. And and let let us not forget how much of an amazing model you were, <laughs> Hannah. When you and Beck came to help me at the was it Jeb's Cross store? It was, was it? yeah. 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 Um, so I'm so grateful to you for that. And and that's such a testament to our thrifty community, you know. I think it's just amazing the sisterhood that we have oh, and totally. how we just all help and support each other, but we have that common love and that common thread of thrifting. So yeah, I'm so grateful that you girls came to, to help us. Oh, and what a fun day that was. And that so particular <laughs> location has since become one of my all-time favourites. There's so much good stuff to find there. Awesome. Faye, you do love a scarf. You love a brooch and a blazer. I want to talk a bit about your personal style. How has it evolved over time and how would you pinpoint and describe your style right now? Such a good question. My style, uh, you know, sort of 10, 15 years ago, it was completely different to what it is now. Mm-hmm. It was very colourful. Um, I used to wear tutus over skirts. I used to wear kilts over jeans. I used to wear um, like moccasin boots. Like I was pretty out there. And mm-hmm. I think I was definitely inspired by that kind of beginning phase of Sass and Bide mm-hmm. um, and how quirky they were. So my, my style back then was very eclectic. Um, I think now if I had to pick three words to describe my style, which I've definitely been musing on in the last six months or so, I would pick timeless, tailored, quirk. So I think it's a combination of those really great fundamental pieces, those foundation pieces of like, you know, as you say, a great blazer, a beautiful scarf, a great pair of jeans, a chic button down, Mm. and then give it your own quirk, give it your own spin like I will add you know 6,000 scarves under a belt (laughs) over a a simple blazer because for me I think accessories are incredible and I think they're a great way to really tell your style story and show who you are and it's also come from traveling and not having a lot of room and not having a lot of space or money I was like how can I get my most bang for my buck here Mm. so I learned really quickly that I didn't really need tutus and kilts and moccasin boots anymore. I could, you know, just be as individual and quirky just with some really great simple capsule pieces and then go to town with all the frosting, with the scarves, with the brooches. So I think my style is definitely a reflection of the journey that I've been on and also to learning the power of less. I think back then I I thought I needed all the things and, and I haven't always been this conscious with fashion. In my, my 20s, I was a mess with it. You know, I didn't really know about sustainability. Mm. It's been such a journey for me. I think I did instinctively in a way from my parents, but not like I do now. Yeah. So that's really changed the things that I wear and the things that I that I think I need, which is really not much anymore. Mm. So, Yeah. Tailored timeless quirk. That's what I've come up with. I really like <laughs> it a lot. That's great. Faye, could you tell me what are your top three secondhand finds of all time? If you could whittle it down to just a top three. Yeah, that's a brutal question. But I think um, probably sort of at the beginning of my journey when I was starting to tap into what I do now, I was living in New York. And I went into a Salvation Army there and I found a pair of never been worn, still had the sticker 
on the sole of the shoe, $840, Manolo Blahniks for $25. US This is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. <laughs> right? I was like, I swear angels sang. And it was like this moment and all the other girls in the store were like, damn you, why is that my size? <laughs> Um, and I still have them. I'm looking at them right now. Oh and my goodness. Yeah. So that was that was pretty amazing. Twenty five dollars. Twenty five bucks. Um, I found a Burberry trench for ten bucks. This is insane. In Sydney. Um, it what? It's not perfect. It's got it's got a, one little button missing, and one of the bits on the on the sleeve needs a little bit of repairing but honestly and lately I've taken to wearing it inside out which looks amazing so you have like the whole lining on show it looks really cool uh so that one and then I found an Hermes scarf for a dollar which I didn't even realize it was an Hermes scarf until probably a month later I just bought it because I loved the print and it and I knew it was silk yeah. and I just thought, wow, it's so beautiful. It wasn't until my husband Lee wanted to wear a cravat to a wedding that we were going to. So I said, okay, we'll pick one of my scarves and he picked that one. And then as I was folding it, I went, oh, my gosh, I think I think this is a mess. Absolutely incredible. It's insane, right? A dollar. That's just stories that you don't hear every day. So I was pretty happy with myself. I was like, damn. But I think what I also liked about that was that I just picked it because I loved it. Yeah. I didn't pick it because of the brand. Yeah. You know, and I, I just, I think that's powerful because it's mm. not, it's not always about the brand. Like it's great to find brands and that's a real coup when you do. It's exciting. Yeah. But I think it's also great to just be innocently drawn to what you love. Yeah. And then, you know, you kind of. Sometimes you get a little reward like that. Oh, my goodness. Some very special pieces in your wardrobe, I imagine. So those are your favourites. What about your favourite spots to actually find the secondhand treasures? Now, you obviously do some incredible work with the Salvos, so you might have a favourite boutique or location that you love to visit. Um, It could be another charity shop or a market, anything at all. There's so many. I think in Sydney... And if we're talking salvos, there's two in Sydney that I love. There's yeah. and they're both like supermarkets. There's one in an area called Tempe, which is near the airport here in Sydney. Mm-hmm. And then there's another one in Western Sydney called Mitchenbury, which is it's legit like a the size of a Woolworths. Mm. It's huge. Um, and they they have really good vintage there, yeah. and, and the prices are really great. So that's a huge favorite of mine. Another spot in Sydney is an area called Surrey Hills and I sort of call it like the secondhand superhighway because there's this whole area of Crown Street where it's just vintage store after vintage store and there's kind of lots of different um, styles of vintage. So you've got the real sort of, you know, glitzy, glammy kind of disco vintage for one store called Zoo Emporium and then you've got more of a kind of grassroots style is a store called cream and sleeves sees flashback and then there's this other store that does all this upcycling with vintage so there's just a really great assortment in that area in surrey mm-hmm. hills mm-hmm. i also love going out of sydney so like you know to the kind of smaller op shops or the ones that people don't really go to you know along the highways or or that kind of thing like looking for all those little gems yeah in london i love brick lane 
Brick Lane mm. is in East London and it's just incredible. It's like such a kind of melange, I think, as the French say, like this kind of just melting pot of culture yeah. and different stores and different vintage vendors and the people that you meet there are just so fascinating. They're all so into vintage and so into fashion history and there's a lot of, you know, upcycling and customising, so I love that. In New York, I love going to places like Queens and Harlem um, and going to the big thrift stores there or going upstate New York. And then there's also the West Village. That's amazing too. They have a lot of boutiques and consignment stores. Yeah. And the Lower East Side. I could go on all day, seriously. <laughs> you shouldn't have asked me that question because I'm like, <laughs> Give you an op shop and you're a happy girl, right? Yeah. And, of course, you know, Adelaide has amazing stores too. We do. Um, yeah, you've got killer ones. I really love that Jeps Cross store and there was another little area that I went to too. I can't think of the name of it now but there's such a good vibe in Adelaide. Mm. Big fan of that, of that spot too. I think so. Do you have anything on your op shop wish list at the moment? Is there anything that you're hunting for? I'm really hunting for a biker jacket for my hubby. Ooh. Like I've yeah, I've got one. I've got yeah. two actually. But I just I really want one for him because he really wants one too. But we just we can't we haven't found one. Yeah. So that's definitely on my list. Um I would love a long silk dress, like a maxi dress, Ooh. you know, long sleeves, buttons up the front, like full Beautiful. skirt. That yeah. would be a dream. Um, and what else? Oh, always a brooch, always a scarf. Of course. Of course, obviously. Um, but I think not that much for me. Oh, the only other thing would be the perfect sweater. Mm. I've, I've struggled to find the perfect sweater. Like I've found one or two every season but they're still not the right 100% the right one yeah. you know like the oversized yeah. the the really soft wool like a lot of them are a bit itchy and yeah so I would love the dream sweater mm, I'm right yeah. there with you on that that's what I'm keeping yeah. an eye out for too in all your years of shopping secondhand Faye is there anything that you ever regret re-donating or anything that you've left behind that you wish that you bought? Hmm. I feel like, I feel like that question is really interesting because I think if you asked me that maybe five years ago, I would have said heaps of things. Yeah. But what I've noticed about me in the last couple of years is I've really detached from things. Mm. So I try to keep things moving and, and I actually have a really small closet I don't have a big wardrobe because we live in a small apartment Mm -hmm. and we have like minimal storage so if I wanted to have a lot of stuff it would be all over the floor and that would make me go insane so I've had to really declutter and I've had to get really ruthless about how much I have and so everything that I have I love and it has a place and I can hang it up and I know where it is and it's neatly folded Mm. So I've gotten pretty good at letting go. So I actually can't think of anything that I that I regret now. No, mm. which is kind of cool, right? I think that's a great place to land. No regrets. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting progression because mm. I certainly wouldn't have said that probably three or four years ago. I would have, would have given you a long list. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe one day I'll get to that point too and I won't be <laughs> so attached to everything that I have to leave behind. 
To round us out, Faye, I would love to hear some of your top tips for shopping secondhand, maybe especially for some of our friends listening who would love to get into it, but just find it really, really hard to find the good stuff. What would you say to them? I think the easiest thing to do is really just to start really simply and treat it like a normal shopping experience. For me, I'm just going shopping. It's in a thrift store, sure. But to me, it's just shopping. It's normal shopping. Mm -hmm. So I treat it like that. When I go in there, I'm really discerning about the things that I like and I want and that I would need and love. I think for me, when I started that journey, I was, you know, just getting excited because there was all this stuff and it was cheap. And then I kind of realized that I was just becoming an eco hoarder. Yes. So I try to see it as this, as a, you know, be discerning and plan ahead. Like I think about what I might need and what I might be looking for, but I also really kind of look for character in clothes. So Mm. I look for things that fall really nicely. They have great buttons and I'm always on the lookout for those foundation pieces, those canvas pieces, like a great jacket, Mm. you know, a beautiful pair of jeans, um, a great t-shirt, like the white unicorn t-shirt that mm. is so hard to find in a thrift store. And when uh-huh. you do, it's like <laughs> punching the air. Yes. You know? um, so I start with those things. And then I think if you haven't thrifted before, that's a really great way to go. Just, mm. just say, okay, I'm going to go thrifting today and I'm just going to look for a nice blazer. Mm. And it's kind of like building, building your muscle, right? Yep. And then from there, I really just, I think thrifting has just really expanded my creativity Mm. because in a way you're limited, but not really. I think you're actually completely unlimited, but you can really start to tap into doing more with clothes. I was actually just writing a post before we um, connected to do this podcast and just thinking about the lessons in re-loving things and the things Mm. that I've learned Mm -hmm. along the way, like being able to layer things and play around with them. So when you start really simply like that, it just sort of allows you to think, okay, well, what elements could I add in that show my character? Yeah. And, and yeah, don't try not to get overwhelmed by it and just start really simply and jump on YouTube and have a look at things about, you know, recycling and upcycling and just start Mm -hmm. to tap in to that inner child and that creativity and see what you can do with the pieces. But yeah. Don't try to buy too much. Just start small and build your muscles. That's what I would say. I love it. Some incredible advice from the op shop queen herself. Well, before I let you go, Faye, I do like to round out every episode with a series of rapid fire questions. So I'm going to give you two options and I want you to tell me your preference. Are you ready? I am ready, Eddie. Do you prefer skinny jeans or a relaxed denim? relaxed. I used to love skinny jeans, but now they just annoy me. Mm, yeah. Me too. <laughs> Op shopping alone or with a friend? Oh, I love going alone, but I also really enjoy going with my hobby now. Yeah. So it's kind of a close tie, I'd say. It depends on my mood. Sometimes there's nothing better than just be getting lost by yourself, right? Mm-hmm. But when you have someone who's, you know, just on the same silly page as you and you can just have fun, that's that's epic too. I love that. A bit of both. That's good. Yeah. I'm a Libra and I can't decide between one, so it's always two. 
I'm like, I like both. (laughs) Minimalism or maximalism? Okay, I'm a minimalist, but I have a maximalist edge. See? Can't decide, so I pick both. Explain that. What does that mean, a maximalist edge? So I'm a minimalist in the sense that I don't have a big wardrobe. I have quite simple classic pieces, but I will take them to maximum town. So I will add 10 brooches to a coat. I will layer up belts. I will, you know. Wear the trench inside out. Turn my trench inside out and I'll give my simple pieces this maximum effect. Right. So, yeah, I'm definitely a little blend of both. I like that. So that's where that quirk comes into play. That's right. You got it. Secondhand shopping online or in real life? Oh, definitely in real life. Yeah. 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 Online's cool and I'm really proud that we've we've kind of launched into that space um, with Salvos and I think it's – I've definitely had fun doing that and it's cool Mm -hmm. when it arrives but, yeah, I don't think anything beats going in and kind of seeing the clothes and, and, you know, having that experience and connecting with the staff and community. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Totally. Dressing for comfort or style? I feel like you can do both. Yeah. And uh, here I am with both again. But that was what my trip to New York early this year before the world fell apart taught me. Um, I took really simple pieces uh, that were comfortable and I wore my dock boots the whole time. I actually had my heels in my suitcase but I never wore them. Mm. I had my docks on all the time. But I found these ways to really elevate and make things just completely wow. But I was still super comfy. Yeah. So... Yeah, I feel like you can do both. Mm. My gosh, what is with me and both? <laughs> well, I mean, you've got all of your fun <laughs> accessories, right? So that does definitely dress dress up a comfy yeah, outfit. Yeah, totally. Yeah, for sure. But nothing beats a tracksuit. Don't get me wrong. Don't get it twisted. I have a tracksuit on right now. <laughs> Neutrals or color? Neutrals for sure. Heels or flats? Oh my gosh. I love heels, but they don't love me. Let's Mm, be honest. mm -hmm. Um, I love heels if there's a chair close by. (laughs) Fantastic. Uh, Right. So for the most part, I'm definitely, I love heels. I think they look so glamorous and I love wearing them, but I definitely need to know that there's a chair inside. So Mm -hmm. I would probably go for sassy little flats or my dock boots. Mm -hmm. Pants or dresses? I used to be such a pants girl really into dresses lately dresses and layering skirts love it leather or lace leather are you a tea or coffee drinker both i i love tea because i'm british and i i love a good earl grey yeah so good so good and i love um green tea Mm. I never used to like coffee until I was gifted a coffee machine and now I'm addicted. Uh-oh. So, yeah, right. Thanks for that. Um, but, uh, yeah, they're both pretty bloody good. Which Do you one? like both? I love you a tea both. Girl? No. So at home I'm drinking tea for sure. I love a chai yeah. tea. Yeah, yeah totally. Um, but out I'll have a coffee. Yeah. Totally. Or a dirty chai. Have you had one of them? Ooh. Yes, or just like a regular chai out is great too. I'll take yeah, what I can still get. Got, still got a kick, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Love yeah. the spices. So good. Oh, yeah. Do you have a sweet tooth or are you more of a savoury kind of person? 
definitely savory. I mm. love French fries. Oof, me too. I lo- oh my gosh, skinny fries are like oh, they are life. I love pasta. I love pizza. I love avocado dip. I make the best avocado dip Ooh, guacamole. Okay. Um, yeah, savory for sure. My husband is obsessed with sweet. Oh, really? But I can take or leave it. Yeah. I'm like, uh, it's nice. Yeah. But I, yeah, definitely savory. You yum. are speaking my language 100%. Yeah, girl. <laughs> and finally, Faye, would you choose to have a wardrobe full of new or secondhand? Secondhand for sure, my lovely. Of my course. gosh, just so much character and so much history. And I mean, I think my ultimate favorite pieces are my dad's jackets that he had made bespoke in London in the 70s. And they're extraordinary. Oh, how special is that? Oh my gosh. It was the first post I ever did on my website. And it was when I was living in England and it was the first time I properly saw snow and I had the jackets with me and I called the post, everything goes with snow. And it, it was such a great way to tell the story of these jackets. Cause I, I think they were definitely a catalyst to kick me into what I do now. I remember my dad gifting them to me for my 18th birthday mm. and they're just, they're still such extraordinary pieces. You can't you can't get that with new, you know? Totally. Unless it's couture. That's a different story. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Well, Faye, you are a hundred percent just such a delight to talk to. Thank you so much for joining me. Not only an Pleasure. eco stylist, but a storyteller and an all round inspiration. Thank you for the work that you do and for the oh. part that you play in our community. You um, inspire so many of us and it's been a joy to chat with you. Oh, beautiful girl. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to be here and keep being awesome. I love this podcast. Thank you for what you're doing, honey. Well, lovely listeners, that's it. This is a wrap on season one of Well Worn Pod. A huge thank you to Faye for joining me for this episode. And thank you to each and every one of you for taking the time to tune in and listen to this little pod. I have absolutely loved sharing the stories of our guests this season. And I've loved connecting with all of you over on Instagram. Please do join me over there. We are at Well Worn Pod. And I'll be back with a season two before you know it. So keep your eyes peeled. But for now, I hope that you find all of the amazing secondhand goodies. Happy thrifting. And I will talk to you soon. Bye.